education information podcast for any children who are interested in going into fashion, anybody who wants to find a bit more about the fashion world, and for not just children, perhaps adults too, and with that we include parents, carers, guardians. Today I'm really excited because I've got somebody who's going to tell you such a great story, and her name is Rebecca. Apara, and she's the founder of Embellished Talk, which she made and was established in May 2016. She's an embroiderer, but she's not just an embroiderer, she's a connector, she's an entrepreneur, she's a business owner. You can find her on Instagram at, at Embellished Talk. On her website, you see how she interacts with other new emerging textile designers. And uh, she's here today to give her story and to explain to you all that sometimes we all mess up and it's what we do afterwards. And that is a matter of, you know, getting back up, taking ownership of your mistake and moving forward with it. So Rebecca is um, not only is she an embroiderer, but she also talks at some point about how she would love to be some sort of textiles career advisor. And she would just be exactly the right person, I think. Anyway, do listen to her story. It's very funny. It's charming. She's witty. She's engaging. She totally understands children's problems. She answers some really great, fresh fresh questions. And uh, I hope you really enjoy it. Anyway, here's Rebecca Apara. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Get Down and Get With It. It's a free children's fashion podcast, and we try to interview people from all different areas of the industry so you get an idea of where you would like to go if you pursue a career in fashion. And today, we're really lucky because we're speaking to Rebecca Parra, and she is the founder of Bellish Talk. Uh, It was was established in May 2016, and... um, Rebecca is not just an embroiderer, she's also an entrepreneur, she's a businesswoman, so she's going to tell you all about it. So welcome, Rebecca. Thank you. So, Rebecca, um, there's a question that um, all children just ask. We kind of put it all together because we just thought it was um, a, really, a really good one to start off with. And that yeah. is, tell us about your story um, and how... You you got into fashion and where you are within fashion now. Um, so I got into fashion. I became interested in fashion when I was maybe around 15, 14, 15. And my dad used to give me pocket money. And I remember going in WH Smith and buying Vogue magazine. Yeah. And I hadn't, I didn't really know. I knew it was a fashion magazine, but I didn't know much about it. And I, I remember flicking through the pages and being really surprised at how expensive clothing was. Like I couldn't, I didn't understand why. Yes. And, and I thought, who does, do people actually pay for this? And then um, I kept buying it because I just really liked the fantasy of it, of it all. Because it was so far away from how I shopped as a teenager. Yeah. And um, there was one designer, Matthew Williamson, British designer. Yeah. And he used to, or he still does, he makes really colourful, bright clothes. And they're always, there's always a print, there's always some sort of embellishment, there's always some sort of texture. And I became obsessed with him. And at the time, I didn't know that I was interested in textiles, but I knew, I didn't know it was called textiles, but I knew that I liked the fabric of fashion. Yeah. And um, so after that, I was at school and then I went to college and I studied textiles, luckily, and I became more familiar. I became, I gained a lot more knowledge and I focused on uh, surface print. So screen, um, what's it called? Screen printing. Yeah, yeah. So I did that at college. I did it at GCSE. I did it at A-levels. And then I just... Sorry, so I'm butting and I'll just... No, go on. Next little bits, because uh, I know that children will be thinking, oh, I want to know a little bit more about that. So um, I'm yeah. going to ask you about a question that the children always ask about, why are clothes so expensive? But I'll ask them mm-hmm. if you don't mind just telling us what it was like for you at school. Did you have friends who were in the same thing or was it just your thing? 
No, it was definitely just my thing. Um, school honestly was, it, I don't know, it was, it was good and bad. I had a really tough childhood at home. Yeah. My dad was really strict. Um, he was very abusive as well. So school for me was um, like a social sanctuary. It was just a second place where I could be free and I could be myself with no consequences. I mean, discipline from teachers, but not not severely how it was at home. Nice. So school was school was good in that sense because it was an escape from the tough childhood I had. But with saying that, I was so I was so happy to be free at school that I didn't focus on my education. Yeah. I complete completely ignored <laughs> the fact that I was there to learn. I was just there to socialize with my friends we wore a school uniform and my highlight was buying new shoes buying a, a bag but yeah. buying anything that was outside of the uniform that would complement the uniform and make me new, unique I was my priorities were really in the wrong place at school um <laughs> and so school was okay it was good in the sense that it was an escape but my friendships, they were they were up and down. Like I had some good friends and then I had friends that I'd fall out with. Um, and then towards the end of school, I, I don't know, all my friendships kind of just fizzled out. I guess, cause we were young. I'm not, I can't like pinpoint why they fizzled out, but they did. And um, I remember at 16 going to pick up my GCSEs with a friend um, and it was really warm that day. We were walking to school. I remember it really clearly. I picked up my GCSEs. I opened the envelope and I failed every subject. <laughs> every subject. And you know, I, I love it, it was such awful. <laughs> it's awful, but it's also like, well, duh, what were you thinking was gonna happen? So it was it was a real big shock. And I and I opened the envelope and I was like, oh, I've been here for five years and I haven't how can I not have accomplished anything? This is, this is crazy. And then my friend who'd also failed her GCSEs, yes. she was fine. She was like, should we go to the high street? And I was like, I need to go home and sort out my life. I can't, <laughs> I can't be in a place for five years and not have accomplished something. So from that moment, um, it obviously altered the plans of my pathway in education. Cause I knew I always wanted to do my GCSEs, A-levels, and then uni. That was the path I wanted to take. But obviously with no GCSEs, I had to redo my GCSEs. So I decided to, um, my secondary school was in East Ham in East London. So I decided to go to a college in North London in Holloway, far away from all my old friends, from anything that I knew. Um, this was a long, this was over 21 years ago. So there's no Google Maps. There's no city mapper, there's no, I didn't even have a phone. So I would travel from East Ham to Holloway on the tube by myself, which I thought was a big accomplishment because I, I hadn't really done that before. And I started again. So I retook my English maths and textiles at, at college. I also did electronics GCSEs. I did that to impress my dad, but I dropped out halfway through yes. because it was really, difficult I had a really good patient teacher who was repeating the instructions like five times but it just wasn't going in so and I just thought you have to do what you enjoy don't you yeah I didn't enjoy it at all it, it went way over my head yeah. so I thought it's best that I drop this subject mm -hmm. and focus on the subjects that I'm, I'm capable of doing and that I actually need so uh, maths and English I needed and textiles was kind of just a supplement to, I'll oh, go on. Yes, I was just going to ask you, um, just the fact that, um, yes, you know, you, you tell it in a very comedic way. Uh, um, I have to, I've always. Your GCSEs and, uh, and then was it you, was it you thought, like you say, you went home to sort your life out. Was it you that thought, I'm going to, no, I'm going to sort, I am going to sort this out. Did it come from you? Yeah, definitely. And that's amazing, isn't it? For any child that's listening who, and you know, we all mess up to a you know, lesser or greater degree. Yeah. And, you know, get back up, get out there, do the, do the, you know, do what's needed. 
That's yeah. amazing. It was, do you know what else helped me realize that I was doing the right thing is because my dad is, was really strict and big on education. His dad, my granddad was a maths teacher. Right. So when I came home from failing my GCSEs, I was so upset and disappointed with myself. Yeah. My dad didn't even punish me. He didn't lecture me. He didn't shout at me. I think he saw that I was punishing myself enough yes. and there was nothing he could say or do. Absolutely. So that kind of helped me realise that I need to do something about this. This, this is not how I planned my life. No matter what life was like at home, I, I knew I was capable of doing something. So um, yeah, so I went to college in, in Holloway and I really, really loved college. Wonderful. I worked so hard to do my GCSEs again and I passed. And then I decided to do A-levels, textiles and media. Um, and then that's when my love for textiles grew and I applied to go to, initially to Central St. Martins and then to London College of Fashion. I didn't get into CSM, which was probably a good thing because yeah. the course at London College of Fashion was better suited. Mm. And um, yeah, so at, I did an art foundation for a year, which Wait. was kind of like a broad umbrella subject of menswear, womenswear, textiles um, and accessories. and even though I love textiles, I thought that maybe I wanted to be a women's wear designer. Yeah. But doing the foundation really helped me decide that, no, I'm, I'm better suited at textiles. And then that's how it grew. And then I did a textiles degree at LCF, London College of Fashion. Um, but it was mainly focused on um, screen printing. Yes. Yeah. And if I'm honest, I don't like screen printing. It's really messy. And it's, it's really... No, I'm pleased you said that, yes. It's really... There's no guarantee the design is going to look good. And I, I don't want to waste... I didn't want to waste my time doing lots of negatives and exposing screens and washing the screen and printing fabric and it just doesn't come out. But it was... This was years ago. Now they have an embroidery course, which I wish they had back then. So that was the only course available to me. So. I did what I could in that course. And there was a slight, it was a small segment of embroidery that we could do, but it was new. So it wasn't really, we couldn't explore it as much because there wasn't much to explore because it was a new path of the, a new bit of the course. So after I graduated doing um, screen printing and textiles at LCF, I taught myself embroidery. And I did that by, watching loads of YouTube videos, um, buying loads of books, looking at clothes and just looking at a, a stitch and thinking, okay, I know how to do that running stitch. I know how to do that back stitch. And it just grew from there. And I've been doing it um, since 2007, which Amazing. is a long, I can't do the math, but it was a long time. And I love it. There are still so many stitches that I don't know and that I want to learn. Exactly. And it doesn't bore me and I and I get bored really easily, but it doesn't bore me at all. Like I kind of Do you build... find it quite relaxing when you're doing it or do you find it really intense? No, no, relaxing. I I always feel um guilty or uncomfortable when I haven't done it. So I didn't get to do any yesterday because I was busy doing other stuff and I thought, oh, I didn't do any embroidery yesterday. Like I, I have to do something each day. It just makes me feel a little bit accomplished. Somebody who um, mucked up all her GCSEs in the first instance. Yeah. Self back up. Then has now found embroidery and how, you know, you relate to it and, you know, it's part of your life. And, and also the importance, I suppose, of the art foundation course, because we speak yeah. to children, obviously, and a lot of them are just, well, you know, it's quite natural. They just go, fashion, I want to do fashion. Yeah. fashion. And you're going, do an art foundation course, going, oh, I want to do fashion. And yeah. actually, as part of that art foundation course, you realise you, you do love fashion, you do want to do fashion, but yeah. you want to do this aspect of fashion. Of fashion, yeah. yeah. And, and I think a lot of uh, young people, children, focus on, oh, what should I do at uni? What should I do at, for a degree? But I honestly think that art foundation is one of the most important subjects a student can do, because they might realise that actually they don't like 
the making side of fashion they might prefer buying or Absolutely. the administration or the merchandising there's so many there's so many roles I think it's really important to get familiar with the types of roles out there Absolutely. because making clothes is so it's actually quite a small part of a fashion business because you have to deal with accounts you have to deal with employees oh, exactly, exactly. branding it is just a little part of making actually and most of the time, if you become, you know, quite a, a biggish, not even a big brand, but you are going and you are going to need help and you probably won't be doing the designing. You'll be managing yes. everyone and you'll you'll hire designers or you'll have interns who'll be the, doing the designing. So it's it's good to know what's out there and you can look at magazines and you can even go on Instagram and just look in people's bios to see what they do. Because there's a lot of, the fashion industry is massive and designers are, are just a small part of it. Yeah, and I, um, I do this thing where every week I pretend I'm a graduate and I've left my college because sometimes I mm. don't always think people are aware of what's out there and just start looking for jobs online, see what's yeah. out there. And the majority of jobs that are in, in fashion are the more kind of like, I would think it's almost like more fashion than designing because designing you can sometimes be quite removed from it, can't you? If you yeah. like the files of fashion, um, you know, there's there's so many other jobs and you know, it can yeah. be garment technologist to um exactly. let me say I've just write down a product developer, buyer of course, quality assurance manager, production manager, mm. um, business intelligence and so many other jobs there that are great yeah some, you know and they're yeah they're really they really are fashion but these are the jobs that are out there that people don't really hear about do they because the focus is no, quite often on design. the designer yeah so exactly. anyway sorry I've dragged you away from what you were talking no about. it's okay so, so then you were LCF yeah yeah and um so I graduated my degree and it's actually good what you've just mentioned. I didn't know what job to look for. Yeah. I, I was so, I had no idea what to type on Google. So I, I, I didn't know what to look for because I didn't know what I was looking for. Yeah. So I carried on working part-time as a sales assistant at H&M. Um, and I, I really hated it because I just, I was like, this is not me. This is not what I want to do. This is fine when I was at uni, but. I don't want to do just this anymore. And I um, had uh, student debt as well. Yeah, the student loan and and everything else, and Lon being in London is is expensive. So I I looked for jobs, but in all honesty, I my first fashion e job I had was um, what was it called? It was a so I worked for a company that provided jersey clothing. So stretch fabric clothing for the Arcadia group, H&M and Primark. Mm -hmm. So I was like an admin assistant and it was not fashionable at all. It was far, far, far in Hanger Lane. I don't know if you know where that is. I do know where Hanger Lane is. Yes, it is far. <laughs> and you know, I, I don't know about your students, but I know when I graduated from uni, I thought I'm going to get a fashion job and I'm going to look fashionable yeah. Yeah. and I want everyone to see me. and. Yeah. It was the opposite. I was in Hanger Lane, far away, yeah. um, and I was doing this administrative position, and I didn't like it. it. Was it was not creative at all. It was, it was just. I think I was too immature as well to do that job. I wasn't ready to do that kind of job. Mm -hmm. um, so I did that for a bit, and my home life still wasn't settled. My parents got divorced. Um, but then I was having problems with my mum and in a nutshell, she kicked me out. So I didn't have the luxury of looking for, you know, a nice, pretty job. So I, I think for a couple of years, I was just working in offices, just trying to get money to pay the rent. Um, and it was OK. But, you know, in the back of my mind, I knew that I wanted to do something in textiles or fashion. So I was working lots of admin jobs in offices, just really random, non-fashiony jobs. And I think 
it's when I met my my boyfriend who's now my husband he was a freelancer or he still is a freelancer um not fashion related he was an app he's an app developer okay and he worked from home and he really enjoyed his job he enjoyed his life around his job and I thought I need to do this I need to enjoy my my life around my job I feel much more settled now I'm not having any like family drama so I I quit my job my last office job um, with an education company and I did just a little bit of temping I helped um, this woman organized Christmas party that was really fun and then it was it was random but it was fun it was just it was just it was kind of messy it didn't have structure I was working in her living room um I was helping her do Sainsbury's food orders and looking for like places for the to run the party it was random but it was it was what I needed it wasn't serious and it was going to come to an end which was good I didn't want anything permanent where I was like oh is this is this it so I did that for for a few months and then um I in between all this like changing jobs I also managed to get a teacher's qualification teaching English to foreign students great yes so I lived in Paris for a while and I taught there that was a really good experience I did that's how I met Ola actually oh of course of course because Ola was in Paris yeah 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 so I did that um works with us at the fashion school she's uh she is probably the one person that um if something she's she's so vital to us and she's so part of us so just yeah Ola is yeah um so I did that came back to London and then I can't remember when it was. I then I started my blog, Embellish Talk. I thought I I knew I loved textiles, and I wasn't really looking for a job in textiles. I just wanted to do something yeah. with textiles. So I started my blog. I got a um a domain name, um, and then I interviewed other. Oh, so that's what I did. I interviewed other textiles designers and makers, and basically just asked them if this was their full-time job and if they had other jobs basically how they were making money doing what they were doing and I'd ask them about the creative journey as well and then I got really inspired and I started to go to more networking events and then I met someone a, a entrepreneur who owned a her name's Sharmadine Reed she's really she's really popular she's a good person to go to if you want careers advice Oh, so she she what's had the name again so that we can write it down. Yeah, Sharma Dean Reed. Sharma Dean Dean Reed. Yeah. Brilliant. And she used to own she owned a nail salon, a really popular cool nail salon. And um she used to run events for women to network and meet each other and you know, just try and c- climb up the career ladder and I went to her it was so helpful and one day it was it was really really random so I went to her events I made loads of new friends there and one night we'd started a whatsapp group so we was like oh let's go for dinner next week so we went we all went from for dinner and then outside we saw Sharmadine running and we was like we've got to tell her that we're all here on dinner because we went to her events (laughs) it was really really random so we chased her in Soho (laughs) and she was going to her nail shop it was like 10 o'clock at night and she was going to her nail shop to charge her phone so she invited us in because she was really happy that we'd all met basically through her and I, I saw the salon and I thought wow this place is so nice and I I just asked her I was like oh could I run an embroidery workshop here and she's like she said yeah sure just email blah 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 Maury at blah 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 so the next day I emailed and then that's how it started that's how I started to make money from embellished talk Sharma Dean was amazing she didn't charge me to use the space she said all the money I'd make from my event was mine she helped me promote it um her colleagues were really helpful I managed to um, reach out to a drinks company, just like a soft drink company, and ask if they'd sponsor the event with some drinks. And then that's how the business side of it, it started. And, and that's what I've been doing since. 
And that was and it's, quite an opportunity, wasn't it? You sneak, you sneak, you seized that moment. Yeah. I wasn't even planning it. I honestly thought that I needed to do, I thought I needed to have loads of followers on Instagram. I thought I needed to do much more before I start doing workshops. But I just thought her space looks nice. It's the type of place where I want to do workshops. I just have to ask if she says no, she says no, but she said yes. And then she's quite a big name and her company that she's, she's um, stopped now at the time was big. So it gave me... Huh? What was her company called? Oh, it was Wire Nails. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was going to say them. Isn't that mad? Yes. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Brilliant. Wire Nails. So every time I approached someone new to do a workshop, I would say that I'd done a workshop with Wire Nails. And it really helps to have that type of leverage. It sounds, I mean, your students might think it sounds a bit show offy, but no one knows you and you have to bring in a name that they all know. And it and it really helps and it's it's helped a lot and I've done workshops for um London Fashion Week and Nike and Anthropology and oh, well I'm just a, I'm just one one person so if I can do it with no GCSEs and you know an unstable family life then I think I think lots of people can you just have to be really I think you just have to be really really obsessed and passionate with what it could be really a small thing but if you're obsessed and passionate about that thing it can open up so many like exactly. doors exactly it's such great um news for the children to hear and also i think you know the fact that you made this happen and you seized all these little opportunities and there were loads of falls along the way mm. loads of things that yeah Lots. everybody says this and I hope it reassures you all children to realize that you know just keep on going and it's not show-offy at all sometimes people no need it's not something that they recognize so that they can contextualize who you are within exactly so um yeah there's the, really there's not a lot of space for modesty I think if you're mm -mm. You know, um obviously there's a, a space for very good manners and all the rest yeah yeah definitely your own PR department as well yeah. yeah and it saves a lot of time having to explain yourself if you just drop a, a big name because yeah. they're just like oh you've done something with Knight okay if Knight trusts her then I guess we can trust her absolutely and I know lots yeah. of people come to us they do have opportunities when they're with us that they can then use as leverage, but also yeah. children who don't have that opportunity to either be with us, or maybe you live in the middle of nowhere or whatever. Yeah. There's still a lot you can do with your CV building. And you'd be surprised quite often there's something you've done. And I hear it from students all the time. And I go, well, you did that, remember? And they're like, oh God, yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, we don't expect you all to have, you know, um, a, a massive name like Nike behind you, but something that the environment that you're in recognizes, yeah, like you say, and then Definitely. thinks, Oh, if so and so trust them, then I will, yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, that's just such an amazing story. So, so Thank now, you. um, in Beige Talk, you've got your website, and tell us about the website, what happens on it, and um, so the website is. The place where I have all the interviews with all the other makers that I've interviewed and ask them questions about how they got into embroidery or textiles. It's it's like an um a place to get inspiration and to get ideas and to hopefully inspire people to either do embroidery or start a business within embroidery. Um so that's what that is at the moment. And I mainly use Instagram to share my own work. Yes. Um, which is really helpful because you get, there's more, um, what's the word, engagement and you get statistics. You see how many people liked it. You see from what regions people liked it. So I enjoy it for that aspect. And you see other people's work too. I mean, I've made a conscious effort now to stop looking at other embroidery designers because it it's a little bit interfering and... I, can see I sometimes feel like, oh, how comes that person's work got more likes than my work? So I've just decided not to look anymore because it's it's a little bit of a waste of time and it's not it's not a good waste of time, basically. Yeah. 
No, and so, then you can bring it back to your own self-esteem, can't you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yes, I agree completely. And I think, children, you will all know this from your Instagram accounts, <laughs> your likability and all the rest. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, try not to get too involved in that aspect. Yeah. Um, some of you um, may not really have thought about embroidery, but it, it's such a beautiful craft. Yeah. And so... It, it's so um oh god that's so many coins so it's so enriching you look at it and just think oh my god this is just yeah mess. and there are a lot of um embroidery courses and there's the royal college of needlework is that out at hampton court is yeah it? it's quite expensive is it oh god right okay yeah right well <laughs> if, you, if you go um i know that when i would take children to graduate fashion week their stand would be the one that i would always be the most interested in because it gave mm. something that other people can't but there are other embroidery courses yeah yeah there are lots there are there are quite a few short courses as well I did one with um I think they're called the London Embroidery Studio oh god yeah no they look great don't they yeah yeah I think because there's two places with very similar names but the one I went to was in East London and it's owned by a man called Andrew Kenny who is um the course he's he run I don't know if he runs the course or he teaches the embroidery degree at LCF oh right. so, okay. so that's a perfect I liked that he was in embroidery and he was you know still teaching it so I did his course he didn't teach the course it was one of his students um who taught the embroidery course I think it was five lessons yeah and it was really nice the studio is really nice there were a few other people there and you learn so much and yeah I really enjoyed it I would do it again to be honest I thought it was really enjoyable absolutely no so, I always thought it looked great really yeah great. and yeah. that's a lot cheaper than Royal School of Needlework mm -hmm. there is one that I would love to do um I don't know when I'm going to do it because I have a daughter but there's a place in in France um I think it's Lesage oh yes he used to do all the embroideries for Yves Saint Laurent. That's right. Um, That's and I think Chanel bought, bought the company That's to right. keep yeah. the crafts intact, to keep the crafts going. And I would love to do that course. Yeah. Um, eventually, not now, but eventually. It does look beautiful. I remember going over to um, LA to Fashion Institute Design Merchandising, I think it's called. And they mm. have a, a Lesage exhibition. Mm. in their college and it was really internal for the students and it was just so amazing it's amazing yeah it's such a beautiful thing embroidery it's really and, incredible yeah. the, the stitches they do the way they use the beads there's there's so there are there are just so many techniques and it's it's a lifetime's work I think and I it's amazing so I, I would love to learn as much as I possibly can yeah Marvellous. And that's the, that's the thing, isn't it? We're all still learning all the time, no matter what stage mm. we're in our career. And that keeps yeah. us alive and relevant. And if we stop learning and close the shutters, that's when we become stale. So yeah, really good. That's just wonderful. And now you've got a little girl. How lovely. Yeah, she's two. Oh, <laughs> that's absolutely amazing. So um, if it's okay with you, I'm going to move yeah. on to um, some questions. Um, some of them are kind of, well, I think we can enlarge on your uh, school experience. There's one, there's a question here from Maisie, who's 11, who says, what was it like for you at school? So maybe mm. because we've, we've kind of answered a lot of that already, one, yeah. Maybe you could perhaps give advice maybe to about what not to do at school. Um, I don't know, yeah, something like that, you know. What not to do. Honestly, I think school is is a, a really big part secondary school is a big part of your education and I think try as much as you can to to learn within the subjects it doesn't have to be all the subjects but try and be good at a few subjects yeah. because it's five years of education and you don't have to pass all your GCSEs I mean it'd be great if you did but you know everyone's everyone's different everyone's capabilities are different but I, I do think if there's a subject that you like 
push yourself to work really hard and I really liked English at school and I had a good English teacher but I didn't push myself and I think if I if I had of I would have probably got like an amazing grade from the get-go yeah. so I also think it's good to have a friend who's really intelligent <laughs> I did not I'm not gonna lie my friends were not serious I don't know if they use the phrase now a boffin yes have, have a friend who's a boffin because that friend is going to go places yeah. and you want someone like that by your side who's going to help you and help you focus you it might not seem cool but yes exactly help you center a bit more yeah yeah because I, I don't know it's not always about the friends that look good or the friend that has I don't know the most boyfriends or she's got yeah. nice makeup whatever she's got a new phone be try and have genuine friendships because hopefully they will steer you in the right direction yeah. hopefully yeah yeah that that's my advice I think absolutely and um I think also when you're at school sometimes when you're in a class and I'm sure everybody knows this story and you think what on earth has this got to do with me what <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. why on earth am I sitting here in this yeah. class and um uh you know and what is the point and I remember mm. math sitting there thinking yeah right can't wait for this to finish because I'm never ever going to need maths I'm going to yeah. be nice so I don't need maths and um yeah I think it, we have made it public more than once that I've failed my maths level when you you could still it didn't hold you back so much back then but I mm. um, I failed it not once but twice and the second time I copied the boffin next to me and I still failed but, <laughs> and now I think but I see the relevance of it now yeah. I and I because I can see the relevance I'm not scared of it any longer yeah, um, yeah. I think that's the mistake schools make as well they don't relate it to to life yeah to, to current life it's I mean we did Pythagoras theorem and what is that <laughs> I think do you know what I would have paid I'm really good at percentages because when I go to a shop and something I love has been reduced I will work that percentage out so if they brought that sort of aspect into the class I would have focused I would have been like oh, what 20% off those jeans 50% off that I would have just paid like been more interested so um yeah no school is a funny old thing isn't it you think <laughs> yeah. i can't wait to get out of here this is not where i'm going and actually boring yeah, yeah you know i don't think there's a a subject i studied i don't maybe regret that i didn't know more about the subject now mm. um, yeah me too yeah yeah i remember doing i remember doing german um and really just, you know what, it was, it's not a hard language to learn. No. But I decided it was really boring. And yeah, it's just, um, and now I think oh, that was such a shame. Yeah. I know, it, it was free. I studied French at school and I, I didn't take it seriously. And that's a really good language to, to have as an extra. But I just was not bothered. And now if I want to learn, I have to pay and dedicate like time out of my of my life when I could have done it for free two hours a week for five years so yeah I think take advantage of school as much yeah. as you can yeah and I and I think that if you're hearing that from us and we weren't necessarily your um you know template stuff uh, yeah you know good star students yeah I'm trying to think of a a word to say it without using some sort of slang that's <laughs> I know yeah anyway so uh well thank you for that so the next question is uh and this is really interesting if you had a different job in fashion what would it be and that's by Matt and he's 13. Um I would definitely be um, a careers advisor at university oh, wow. if if there was a a possibility I would be a careers advisor for just textile students yes and um it'll be like a careers advisor stroke counsellor just helping them figure out what they want to do after uni what they're enjoying in uni what they're interested in and just helping them make steps in the right direction and setting up achievable goals helping them with their CVs showing them how to apply for jobs, how to fill out an invoice, how to send emails, 
professionally that's that's definitely what I would do I would I want to do that now actually part-time like when things we should do that now because yeah I think you know textiles is a subject that a lot of um, children do and they're really passionate about but it's all focused on the the core the inspiration that sort of level as opposed to the reality like practical I mean know how to do an invoice and I'm sure those of you who are doing business studies at school are going oh god invoice is just really really boring but yeah. if you think about it in context of the subject you love and how mm. and why would you be writing this invoice what service yeah. you provided isn't that exciting and it then it does become yeah I think I think that's that's I think you'd also be extraordinarily good at it as well. Yeah, yeah I would love I would love to do that. And when things you know get better with the pandemic, I'll I'll definitely I'll pursue that. I think I'm I'm really patient and I just love talking to young people. Yeah. You know what I realized? All my friends are younger than me. Yes. Ola's I think five six years younger than me. All yeah. my other friends, I think I'm one of the oldest in my friendship group. So I'm. I'm good at talking to young people and I don't, I haven't forgotten what uni's like, so I can identify how scary it is, but how passionate you are and creative. So I think I'd I'd like to do that eventually. Absolutely extraordinary. Um, Yeah, no, I'm right behind you. I love, I just love being around young people. Yeah. I really energizing. I found them so interesting. Yeah. You know, I, I love their humor. Every, mm. you know, I really do, you know, especially, and I love all the tinies, but I'm I'm not so good <laughs> at um, teaching tinies as my staff. Yeah, um, yeah same. With the, but with the teenagers, I mean, you know, I, I just relish every time we have a Zoom meeting or someone because they are just great. Yeah. And, yeah, so I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. Young people really do keep you going, don't they? Yeah, definitely. A few years ahead of you, so you're a young person to me. So, <laughs> so, so um, that is. Uh, do you know what? I really didn't expect you to say that, and I'm so pleased you did. And I Thank hope you. that anybody listening will also think, yeah, no, Rebecca's exactly the sort of person I would want to go to, just for some advice. You know, yeah to, to take you up on that because no I think it'd be excellent so we've done all about you uh which has just been fantastic and now we go to the advice section yeah. and um so the advice section um everybody is when you write in a question to do with something to do with you and your career and what you want to do or is it you know just something you think you know you you think oh I'd like to know the answer to that but I don't want I wouldn't be able to say it out loud because I feel a bit of a twit. So yeah. this is the space for you lot um, and no questions a twit question anyway. Um, so mm-hmm. the first one, and um, and this is such a kind of, um, I think we need to all realise that, you know, that we're not all in such a fortunate place when we, when we yeah. and this is, um, this is, uh, um from um and well she's not said her name but um you know I'll, I'll i'll read it out so i'm in social services care i used to love drawing fashion but i was with my mum when i was with my mum but it's not so easy now i'm in a home and i think they mean a care home yeah and i feel silly i just don't know how to get into fashion i know that there are grants and scholarships but you know I, it, it, um, you know, it's not for me because my life is chaotic and um, I don't even manage to come out of school with anything. Yeah, I can relate to that so much. Um, first of all, it's definitely not silly. No. It's not, you know, your, your home life might not be how you imagined it to be. Um, but you, you said that you love drawing and I think that she he or she has to continue to draw because they love it. And a lot of people don't have passions like that. And if you do, you, you really have to explore it. And yeah. I, I honestly think it will help, even if just a little bit, take the load off how difficult her home life might be. And she will feel a great 
sense of self-esteem that she's doing something she loves, you know, every day or once a week. And drawing is a really good, a good, or should I say an easy thing to do in any space. Yeah. She can do it on the sofa, she can do it on, on her bed, she can do it on the kitchen table. You know, whether she's with her mum or she's in her home, it's something she can do. So I definitely think she should carry on drawing and not and not give up that, that hobby or passion. And even if when she goes to school, she doesn't achieve the grades that she wants, there are so many other options. And if, she, if she's got this in her mind now, when she eventually goes back to school, she should try and speak to someone and just say, I'm struggling, I don't feel really confident in, in my classes, in my lessons, what can I do? And hopefully there's a really good teacher that can say, oh, there are, you know, well, I'll help you with this, or maybe you should do extra curriculum classes. Um, and there are, there are other options. She can redo her GCSE, she can do an apprenticeship, she can take BTEC classes, a she could do a BTEC course. There are so many options and I always, I always think of Jamie Oliver. He didn't have passed any GCSEs. Yeah. He's, a, he's just a normal guy. He's not posh or anything. He's just a normal guy. And look at him. Like, mm. I think he's so amazing that he didn't pass at school and he's got this enterprise. Everybody knows who he is. Yes. So I, I, I wouldn't worry if, if you fail your, 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 less, your subjects at school. Don't worry about it. There are options. Absolutely. But with that being said, try to see if you can get help while you're at school. Because the good thing is that you're aware that you're you're having difficulties. I wasn't aware. I was just going through the motions. And then in the end, I realized, oh, I didn't actually, I didn't do well then. But you know now. So because you know now, you can, you can tackle that yeah. while you're there. Absolutely. So it's a good thing that she's aware of of this and I and in the meantime she should carry on drawing definitely because she's gonna I'm assuming she's you know she's still at home because schools are all closed so she's got the extra time to excel and perfect her craft and she should definitely carry on yes and also I think if you um, I imagine that you'll probably um, have some sort of relationship with social well you do you say here social services and um, I can only speak for the situation that we find ourselves in where we run the fashion school in London. But we, uh, we, there's an amazing guy from social services and his name's Simon Wharton. And he covers Hammersmith Fulham, Charles Kensington. And he is just such an amazing, kind, um, inspirational man. And, uh, and he would, you know, if you can find somebody like that to talk to and explain that, you yes. know, you have this passion, this is what you want to do. And that is great because um, it would yeah, be really hard growing up. Imagine growing up and you weren't bothered by anything. Yeah. So you're already on a, in a winner in the way and go to, um, you know, social services and see if there's any kind of um, clubs or anything that you can join. Yeah. Um, we, I know that we, we link up with social services here when we're not in a pandemic and we run workshops yeah. and it's brilliant. Um, and uh, so you can also contact the fashion school as well and just give you a bit of advice or a little bit yeah. of support or maybe write a little project for you. We're, we're really happy to do that. So do get in touch. And yeah. I just think it's fantastic that you want to do fashion. It's a massive industry and you're going to be great. Yeah. yeah. She knows that already, which is amazing. I think yeah. she's still really young. Yeah, and I imagine the fact that you know she's she's the only one maybe in her group that's interested in fashion, or in her home, or in her class. And um, but that is actually something that goes across everywhere. I think all of us, it was our thing, no matter. Yeah. What what background so um you know i i very very rarely see people come to um the fashion school them and their mates really really unusual because it's normally your thing nobody else gets yeah by, yeah it's true yeah, yeah. So, um in that respect but you know we, we are there to support you and thank you for putting that question in 
And then lastly, sadly, because I'm enjoying myself here, it, and this is a really, right, this is the question. I think all children, you all know this story, and all of us as adults, we all remember this story. Yeah. And, uh, and it's, you know, it's, we all think it, and that is, um, is it okay to look at expensive clothes and designer stalls? Can I speak to the assistants? As they will know I can't afford to buy and tell me to leave. And that mm. is... Anna, and she's 13. So I love that question because I identify with that a lot. I think it's not silly. Nope. It doesn't matter if you can if you cannot afford the clothes that you're looking at. Um, I felt really reluctant to go in those stores for the exact same reasons. I thought they were going to tell me to leave. The first time I eventually did, no one told me to leave. Mm. Um, no one will tell you to leave. And you're allowed, it's re, you're 13, it's really important that you start to um, allow yourself to take up space, that yes. you're, you're, you're entitled to go into certain spaces, especially as a woman as well. I think it's, she should go into all, when the shops open, she should go into Selfridges because that's a really yes. big open shop it's not um intimidating uh, small boutiques can be a bit intimidating but what you can work your way up to that go to somewhere like selfridges on the the third floor where it's women's wear or wherever you want to look yes. and look at the clothes i love looking at expensive at designer clothes when i was younger because i wanted to see how it was made i wanted to see the embroidery i wanted to see the stitches i wanted to see the hem, the buttons, everything. Absolutely. So it's it's also really educational as well. And you'll be so engrossed in what you're looking at that you'll care less about the sales assistants. And trust me, the sales assistants, from what I remember, most of them were students. Most of them were people that just loved fashion and wanted to be around it. Um, most of them were there because they were in between jobs. They're not... I don't think they'll judge you. They might judge you, but that's actually, that's none of your business. That's their business. Yeah. And you should definitely go into shops and not feel silly and have a look because you're, you're clearly interested mm -hmm. and it's fun. I love going, even now I go into, well, not now, but as an adult, I'll go into shops knowing full well, I'm not going to buy anything yes. in this shop, but I just want to have a look. I just like it. it. It's exciting. I enjoy it. And, you sh she should definitely do that. I really think it's important for people who are somewhat reserved or, you know, more aware of themselves to be comfortable with taking up space. I used to feel really shy and yes. scared to go into a, to a space like that, but you're allowed and, and that's it, you're allowed. Absolutely. And um, I think when you go into... Um whatever store you want kind of dare yourself in a way and then go yeah. and just say would you be able to tell me about this garment how yeah. does it work? and you will find most of them are most of your shop, shop assistants are, that's why it's we even allowed to say that anymore i don't mean that in any bad way because it's a really really important career in fashion but they yeah. are also fashion students and and they'll just be incredulous that you're interested in your age. yeah and in this digital world that we live in quite often you don't get to feel fabrics anymore mm -mm. and if you go you uh, brings me back to something that you said when you were talking about your story Rebecca and you said that you didn't know why clothes were so much more expensive you know yeah. paying these prices now that's a really interesting thing in itself um when you realize that how you know what goes into the cost of a garment yeah and, um but with them going into into shops you can see the finishes the definitely maybe a high street one uh branch of something and uh maybe a designer level and then yeah. that becomes a whole sort of creative process in itself because then you just get definitely interested in what's inside there but um i know we're i'm always very keen that i take the children into places with me i agree completely that selfridges is a really good place to start yeah because it's it's just so big and yeah. it's got all the beautiful clothes and it's not intimidating um 
Liberty is also a really nice department store. It's, it's much smaller and um, less shinier than Selfridges, but they do stock really nice garments. What I used to love was going into Selfridges and Bond Street and looking at beautiful clothes. And then I would go into the high street stores next next door. Because I, I wanted to redeem myself. I thought, oh, well, I'm going to try and find something that was similar to that. Yes. And then that's how you become more educational because you you realise, well, you're not going to find a high street version as good as that. And that's how that's why that dress costs more than the one from the high street store because of the fabric, because of the cut, because of the finishings, because of the embellishments. And that's how you become more aware of why fashion is expensive, how luxury fashion is made. And it's interesting. Yeah. And it might even, you know, it might even influence your shopping habits as well because you'll just want to buy you become so used to looking at these amazing clothes you'll just that's that's the type of clothes you want so you'll just try and find the best quality you know at a price you can afford yeah and I, I've gone into um, every store I can think of up Sloan Street and all the rest everywhere yeah I've taken the children I've taken you know uh, some of you who have been to the fashion school and fast will know this where we all piled into a store and we just introduced ourselves straight away and the shop assistants were so so welcoming and so yeah. not believe that you were all interested in fashion and yeah. Yeah, sometimes they were even given like little drinks and things like that i'm not saying that's always going to be your experience but yeah. if you think about it you know if you're working in a in a boutique and um you know you're just think about it you're in there all day and you're with this stock that isn't that fast moving either exactly and, yes. um, and I know that there are lots of tasks and things for somebody um, in that position to be doing but to have people coming in really interested in you as well because ask the, ask the assistants how yes. did you get here how is this you yeah know? And, um, so you know, it is, it's always been there. It's always been a problem. Same when I was little, probably same when my granny was little as well, you mm. know, and you do feel daunted by it. And also because it's a bit like meeting your your hero, you know what yeah. I mean? Oh my God, I, I know, I know so much about, uh, you know, yeah. Wendy, I know every single bit, and now I'm here. Oh my God. So, <laughs> it's um, exciting. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, dare yourself. Always remember to be really polite. Yeah. And, uh, always with a smile you yeah. don't start handling clothes and you know or you don't bring in your mates and they start suffering yeah. it's not I mean if all if your friends are as interested as you are it's fine but if you know they're not it's probably best to just go by yourself or yeah with well, one yeah. friend who's similar absolutely yeah one friend or even a relation who can be yeah. there to support you if you're fortunate enough to be in that position, but it's mm. I think just so so important in this digital age. Yeah, you, you definitely. Watch fabrics. You watch. You know. Um. You want. You know. You can see all a collection. Why has the store, um, or the boutique chosen those garments from that collection? What was it that they liked about yeah. that? Um. You know. I'm going to say Dries Van Noten. I don't know why. <gasps> I love Dries Van Noten. That's so weird. You said that. Well, me, me too. But I, I know that um i'm very aware that uh yeah i've always been in in love with him and i love his stuff yeah. but um you know that idea of why did they choose that aspect of the um his collection his runway yeah. rather than that and uh, Do you know what it's funny you said that because dries van noten um in selfridges the way the the way his section of the shop floor is laid out is the same is they've, they've tried to make it like his boutique in Paris and it's really beautiful and the sales assistants are they're really nice and every time I go there I always ask for a lookbook and if they have one they they give you one so I think that's a good place to start as well because I remember when I was at uni we, got, we had um, a team project and each team was given a designer and we were given Dries Van Noten. So I went to Liberty and Selfridges and looked at his collections. And that was the first time I think someone might have, the sales assistant might have offered it to me, the lookbook. And since then, I've always asked for one. And I was just a young student and I was in my second year. So maybe 20. Yeah. And I definitely didn't have the money to buy his, his clothes then. But 
that's a good place to start actually because I, I've always found that the sales assistants have always been really friendly yeah. in in Selfridges and Liberty. Yeah, we had one of the uh, the guys who worked on Drew's Van Noten at Selfridges. He came to do um, when we were doing the PPE volunteering, making gowns. Yeah. We had so many people from Selfridges who were working in there on different designers, um, you know, concessions, but they all had a fashion background. So they all came in and helped sew uh, and they were just amazing. Such yeah, amazing people. Yeah, I bet. So, you know, I, I hope that helps. We know exactly how you feel. Yeah, I know how you feel. But the good thing is you'll also grow out of it. it you'll start to care less. Yes. And... But I definitely think you should force yourself to go in a store. I mean, even now, well, when the stores were open, I used to go in and try on the clothes. Yes. And I, I knew I wasn't going to buy it, but I just wanted to try it on. I wanted to see how it fit. I wanted to see the, you know, the bias and the draping. And it felt good. And I would happily just give it back to this, the sales assistant, shop assistant and I'm allowed to try on if I want. It's it's my prerogative, and there's nothing wrong with that. No, and every kind of uh, designer you look up to was in your position too. Yeah, I, you know, I need to go in there. The, the, and you brought a really good point, Rebecca, about trying the clothes on, and uh, that may be. I can imagine if you're like 13 or whatever, you're not actually, you know, full size yet. Yeah. But um, there's two, there's something that you can very easily overlook in fashion. And that is when you look at a static garment, that's only part of the story. Even if you look at the mm. back side, but to see it in movement is another big, major, major part. Yeah. Think, you know, in this digital age, uh, quite often, if you, the other thing is, I suppose, is to also look online at like matches, far fetch things like that, yeah. what they're doing. And then you can press a button where you see the model, you know, waltzing up and down. Move around, yeah. You can see the garment in motion because uh, quite often that's why we fall in love with a garment is because of the way it moves on you. On, on yeah. Body. So. It can be, I got married last year in October and I, I was looking for a wedding dress because it was, it was just a registry. So I wanted not like a big wedding dress and um so I said to myself I'm going to treat myself and I'm going to get uh there's two designers that I love there's one called Cicely Barnson mm -hmm. and Simone Rocha yes. so I said I'm going to buy one of their dresses and I end up Cicely Barnson her price range is a bit crazy for me yeah, <laughs> um, but her fabrics are beautiful. But um, so I went to Browns and I saw a no, I went to Selfridges first and I saw a Simone Rocha dress. They didn't have my size, so then I went to Browns and they had the same dress but without the embroidery. And I thought, mm, all right, I'll try it on just for size. And I thought, okay, this dress is nice. Mm, I don't know if it it needs something more. And then I saw that it had pockets, yeah. and the dress was made out of. Um, this kind of pink sea, like tulle fabric. So when I put my hands in my pockets, I could see my fingers and I could see my engagement ring. And I thought, okay, I'm sold. This is perfect. And if I hadn't have tried it on and seen the pockets, I wouldn't have bought it. And that's the good thing about trying on those types of clothes because sometimes you think, oh, it looks all right. But then you try it on and then I don't know, a button or the neckline or the lace trimming, it just it just makes such a big difference. Yes, and clothes are made to be worn against a body and that interaction. So yeah. So, yeah. I so, can't wait for shops to open again. I really miss shopping. <laughs> <laughs> I miss shopping a lot. It's really odd. As I walk, um, I was walking up through uh, to just north of Oxford Street the other day, and I yeah. go so I go up Sloan Street, go through um, Mayfair, and then go up across. So I see quite an, an um, you know Bond Street as well, New Bond yeah. Street, quite a few designer stores that are all closed, and it's really interesting the way that they what they're doing in their windows. So some of them mm. closed down, and it is um, sort of Christmas stuff and everything. But there are other oh. people. And they completely changed the nature of the window. So when I went, I think I saw, in terms of stilettos, 
I saw so <laughs> few. And even yeah, though of you, course. you associate with stilettos, like there's a there's a um, amazing shoe design called Roger Vivier, and yeah. he, he invented the stiletto, and he's he has this kind of diamante buckle thing that is. I love that buckle. Yeah, I, I bought my daughter some shoes from Clark's that have that uh, buckle. Roger Vivier. <laughs> Anyway, I went past them on um, Sloan Street and uh, and they had, they, all they had was slippers, velvet slippers with these big buckles on. Yeah. It was like, you know, a changing. Because it's appropriate. Yeah. It's like they've, they've read the room and they know that, you know, stilettos aren't probably the best shoe to be showing right now. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's the shift has been incredible. And just mm. the way that people were, you know, readdressing their, their profiles through their, their window. And, yeah. um, and I just always find it, I, I, I don't know, maybe what it says what sort of person I am. I love looking at window uh, shop yeah. yeah. I don't actually like buying stuff for myself, although I'm not really buying anymore anyway. But I love looking. I love window shopping. Yeah, I, I, love, I love it too. I think it's like going to a museum. I just enjoy it yeah. so much because you can touch it. And... Yeah, I, I really miss shopping. And I, I think when the shops open, um, I think her name was Anna. She should definitely take yeah. advantage of, of going to the shops, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, that's kind of it. And thank you. You were thank just you amazing, too. Rebecca. And whatever, you know, we can we can do to kind of assist you in any way in your kind of like, you know, careers, advisory position. Because I do think that textiles is an area I'm not that familiar. Do you know what I mean? It's not my area, particularly. Yeah. Although, you know, and it's great to be able to point, you know, children towards something and say, you know, listen, this 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 woman's great. So Yeah. Thank you. Well no, thank you very much and see you soon. Thank you. Yeah, I look forward to hearing the, the interview. <laughs> okay, bye, bye. See you later. Bye.